everybody to another one of our convos. And today we are joined by another very special guest, Emily Sodgerly from Itty Ditty. With me as always, my co-host, Mr. Dries Walker. Say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? Artist D. Walker here with uh, Living Life Fearless. And we're here to chat it up with the uh, awesome, talented entrepreneur, musician on a um, awesome sort of like, I guess, groundbreaking even uh platform itty bitty itty ditty sorry <laughs> just rolls off the tongue like that but yeah itty ditty which it sounds like such a cool concept so we're gonna chop it up with emily to find out more about that and um yeah so i guess um to start maybe if you just want to like introduce yourself what what do you do what you know how how do we come here today yeah well thanks for inviting me here today i appreciate it um yeah, I'm Emily Satterley, founder of Itty Ditty, and we are, like, I do believe what we're doing is groundbreaking, and it is, I mean, what we say that we're doing is rebuilding trust in the music mm -hmm. industry, so it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, but we, we're starting with the songwriter-producer relationship, so in a nutshell, what Itty Ditty is, is a, is a producer, an artist-songwriter-producer matchmaking platform. Mm. Okay, and how long um, has this, when did you first launch? How long has it been going? Uh, yeah, I had the idea, the little seed for Itty Ditty seven years ago. Um, five years ago, I made the first prototype. And for about four years, we've been doing a lot of beta testing. Um, I started it, I'm from the music industry in LA, and then I moved out to Colorado and started it there, which actually worked because, you know, a lot of songwriters don't have access to producers. Um, and resources in places like Colorado. So it was a great place to um, work with a lot of songwriters um, in kind of like a beta testing mode to experiment and see, you know, how to tweak this platform to actually make it work for people at scale. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, we're both also like, we're both from Colorado too. Um, Colorado Springs <laughs> is where you like went to high school together. And nice. uh, yeah, like you said, it, they don't have like, it's not the most accessible in terms of like the industry and everything, but there's, like huge music scene and like a lot of musicians out there and I guess that would feel like a huge uh need for people and I guess I wasn't really like you know when people talk about the industry and being a songwriter in the industry it's always kind of from like a, almost like a negative perspective nowadays you know it's like oh like good luck with that you know like I, you know you just yeah. hear a lot of like horror stories I don't know if you personally like because you said you also were in in music yourself when you first started out so did you have any like personal stories like that, like from dealing with, you know, bad. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, all the time with, you know, that's how I got started on the path. Like even way before Itty Diddy, I was kind of doing producer songwriter matching in like LA and Orange County, um, just kind of in person, like through meetups and stuff. And I did that because of the early experiences I had um, when I was a songwriter and just kind of seeing what a crapshoot it was like as a DIY independent artist trying to navigate how to get your songs produced, how to find the right people to work with, how to know who to trust and like what you even want for your music. All of that was is so hard, especially when you're starting out when you're often really young and you don't have the experience. Um, so I definitely have, you know, specific horror stories. The first time when I was 20, you know, I was playing my songs out live. I was approached by a producer who wanted to work with me. And this was early, like 2000. So 
home recording was kind of an, a new concept at the time and kind of going over to someone's house and recording out of their bedroom um, was kind of new. And we really hit it off. We made a lot of good songs together. Um, we didn't have any contracts in place up front. And so when he wanted to then, you know, date me and I didn't want to date him back, Ooh. decided he wanted to keep all the song. And there was some label interest too. I mean, I was in Southern California. I had some contacts in the industry. So they had passed, I had a friend who passed these songs off to some people at a record label and there was interest. And as soon as that started happening, um, then all of a sudden he was making all of these kind of gratuitous demands about like wanting half the songwriting credits and, mm. um, and he was really just butthurt. Like I didn't want to date him. And that story is so common. So yeah. mm-hmm. I came to realize over the years, like now it's, it manifests itself in many different ways for both men and women. So, um, but yeah, I've had, I've had definitely had my share of those types of experiences. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I love that. Like, um, you know, even from bad situations that become a catalyst to like, how do we eliminate that awkwardness between you know, an artist and a producer, especially, you know, women who are trying to get in, you know, early on and dealing with male producers, like how do you avoid that sort of like um, just physic- physical aspect of it and not just focus on the work, you know, the the, the production of making the sound better. And I, I like how the, the um, platform has these steps where there's really nothing about like, um, the artist look so much as like trying to make this this project sound the best. Um, yeah, kind of like the voice. <laughs> right. No, you're not seeing them first. You're just hearing the song. And totally, I mean, it, what the what the sad part about these experiences is that you're losing the magic. It should just be easy. It should just be like, you know, you should be able to put in some work for sure, but it should feel good. And um, it's really sad. And a lot of times when these things happen to the songwriters in person, they never go back to it. You know, they have one of these experiences, which is sometimes their first experience because again, they're new to it. They don't know what to look for and how to make, set themselves up for success. And then they never go back to making music again. So um, yeah, our site has the steps to take that kind of guide you along the process. That's the biggest thing is the, the role that we play as just like a third party, because that's the problem in the current model of the industry is there's no, everything's independent. You're literally working on people's bedrooms. So there's no oversight mm-hmm. or protection or even just a mentor and someone to tell you, oh, maybe, you know, you should have contracts in place. And this is, this is what the contracts, you know, are, the standard terms would be. And this is how you can talk to a producer to make sure that you get what you want. And, and to be clear, like, producers, the majority of producers are great people with great intentions, but if you're not aligned and you're not a match and they don't know what you want, um, and there's no structure in place to like, kind of just guide it step-by-step, then you're just not going to end up with something you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could end up spending like a lot of money to get a product that you're not happy with or don't even want to use, you know, because like you said, there's no, there's just no real trial period. You just kind of go into a blind and, and, think a lot of like recent times and like a lot of recent stories even from like some of the biggest artists in the industry have all these horror stories and I think that was like an eye-opener to just how kind of crazy the industry and business can be like you said because there is no like playbook for this you kind of just go into it and hopefully things turn out for the best and um I guess so what's the process for somebody as a songwriter if they wanted to um like join your platform and, and to to get their song out there and get made Yeah, it's easy. It's super easy. You just post a phone recording on the site 
And then producers, uh, we have a vetted directory of producers and they're going to reach out to you if they like your song um, and kind of let you know what they think they could do with it. And then you get to browse through profiles, pick a few of your favorites and move forward with a few that you like. And those few create a sketch of your song. So that's the big thing is um, we vet producers up front too, but then there's like this further vetting process of you get these sketches so that now you really get to feel out if there's a connection or not, if they are a good match for you or not. Um, and then from those sketches, you pick your favorite. Um, and then we have over the other, the third big thing is, so there's vetting, there's sketches, and then there's oversight. So, you know, you have the built-in terms that protect you. Um, but also again, like that mentor role that we play, you get a, a song blueprint along with your project. So that's like something that helps you flesh out your style and really empowers you to figure out, you know, what you want. And if a producer is kind of giving you what you want, it's a North star of the collaboration. Um, so that's it. And then you and then you get your sketches, you hear your song in different ways, and then you pick your favorite and complete the song with your favorite producer. Oh. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I looked at the site a little bit and definitely seemed like a pretty straightforward process in terms of, you know, getting, making that connection at least in the first place. Yeah. They're just, it's just following steps. You know, like you said, like there's no, if, if you're not going through itty ditty, then you're not, unless you're really experienced with how these things should go, then you're not going to, you don't, you have no steps. So it's really, yeah, just having these like one, two, three steps. And then everyone understands what's going on. Um, no confusion and, and then just being able to figure out, yeah, through the sketches, who's the best match for you. Mm. Yeah. I noticed there's even, um, what I like that it seems like you guys are developing as well as just sort of like, uh, learning tools for these new younger artists as well, you know, like, um, like telling the new artists what's important in like production or like what to look for and like, uh, uh, in songwriting as well. And, and I just, um, I think that's interesting how um, there's even a little bit of artist development um, built into it as well. Is that something like artist development? Is that sort of like a, a look as well in terms of not just like letting them pick their own, but also trying to like help them in other ways? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's not always a producer's fault that they don't, you know, they, you can be working with a really talented producer and they are a good match for you. Like they do work in the genres you work in and they, you know, you guys share similar influences. And so it should be a good match on paper. But if you don't, as an artist, like flesh out, like you're what you want up front, you're going to be trying to like retool it forever. Like that's one of the big benefits to producers. They tell us this all the time is that when they're working with a songwriter off itty ditty, uh, it can just take so much time back and forth with the revision process, like trying to communicate because you're not really speaking the same language, like like artists and songwriters don't always know all the production, like they don't know how to ask for less reverb or mm. they don't know what they're hearing in the in the production terms. So, yeah, we help them flesh that out with the song blueprint, what they're looking for. And um, and then also, yeah, how to like speak the language so that everybody's on the same page, it really streamlines the whole thing. And, and, but the biggest thing, and yeah, so it's gonna be faster and easier, but for, you know, what I've always wanted to do is just make sure that people are gonna be happy in the end. And that, you know, we have 80% of, we've done surveys and 80% of songwriters are unhappy off, off the site, like with the results. And on our site, they're hundred percent happy. And I think it's, you know, it's the process, but it's also like what you're saying, just the development and setting the, the songwriter and artist up, um, up for success up front. Mm. 
Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I had that, you know, I realized like through this whole process, like that, you know, I had that, like, I thought, oh, these, you know, why can't I find the right producer? It's like, it took me a while, but I was like, "Mm, I just don't even know who I am. Yeah. You can't expect people to read your mind. And record labels used to do all of this. Like they used to find like a, a diamond in the rough and they would give them the time and resources and people and tools to develop and then match them with songwriters, but they don't at all. And so I think that whole artist development step is totally overlooked. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they'll only really exist with like a few just like fringe um, sort of lower level. Smaller labels, maybe like, you know, do that. Like the, the, the uh, what's it, Love Revolution, like uh, Summer Walker's camp, they kind of did that a little bit because he found her on YouTube. But like, you know, it's not really that common. They're not like still scouring YouTube looking for new acts and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, to be to be uh, really finding producers and people who are professional with different sounds, you know, like I can work on one song on your site with the producer and then have something I'm going for differently in another song and, and still find a producer for that, you know? And I think that that's what's really cool about it is like, that would be so hard, I think, in person, you know, just like to try to like do the grassroots thing and, and, you know, ask around and, you know, maybe hope a meeting goes well kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, if, you're, I like that. if you're not in an area where there's people around to even find somebody, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many hours does it take to get to the biggest city from where you live? You know, like, yeah. And if you're, like you said, asking around grassroots style, which is what people do. People say all the time, like, well, what's your competition? Like, how how are people, you know, how are artists and songwriters finding producers now? It's like word of mouth. I mean, that's the biggest way. And if you don't even live anywhere where, where you know any people working with anyone, like, then if you do go to the next city over, you didn't even, you're not even able to get a personal reference from a friend because you're you're just going to find them online or like on their website or something and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that was, that was going to be one of my questions. Like who are the competitors? Cause I've looked online. I'm like looking around and it's kind of like, well, there's really nobody else in this space doing what you guys are you know doing and trying to do. And it's also kind of, amazing that, the, that this day and age something like this hasn't like ever existed before you know it seems almost like a no-brainer like when you explain it to other people it's like oh yeah that would be so much easier than the process that we that, that we do now everything else works on an app base or, or internet base like why can't the same process work in terms of music you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so there's like directories of producers for hire but in my opinion those are no different than um, like Craigslist. I mean, you're just going to, yeah, you're just yeah. looking at someone's resume and there's, first of all, that doesn't tell you what they're going to be able to do with your song, just based on what they've done with someone else's song. Plus those credits may or may not be substantiated. Like you don't know, people say like they, this is on my, you know, this is a song on my portfolio. It's like, well, did you engineer that song? Did you play the guitar on that song? Were you the mixer? Like what yeah. did you do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so there's directories of producers for higher sites, but yeah. And the, so, and then 
I thought of this idea, Dario, when I saw 99 designs, which is that was literally going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you reminded me of it when you said, well, this could just be so much easier. Cause I remember seeing that that was when I thought of the idea seven years ago, I saw that site and I was like, if this existed for music, it would be so much easier. And I would have used it myself so many times. Um, and, and people do say now, like, oh, I can't believe no one's ever done this before, but I, I think it's a problem, right? I mean, it's been a problem that's been brewing ever since kind of the change in the industry landscape and like home recording went to the, went to the home <laughs> or re- recording songs went to home recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 15 years, but I think the solution definitely could have come sooner and saved a lot of people, a lot of heartbreak, but it's here now. <laughs> <laughs> it's here now. It's a diddy diddy. Yeah, that's funny though because like when I was going through the site, I was like, "Oh, this reminds me very much of like the whole process of 99 Designs." You know, you can get a whole contest of people that'll provide an example of what you want before you can before you choose that you know individual person, so you get to have more control. And I think it works both ways because the songwriter also has that benefit. But I think for producers, they also save a lot of time before they fully go on to you know work with somebody that just doesn't work out. And I guess. What has the response been from the producers on the on the site and how they like responded well to to what you guys do? They have the same problems. I was nervous about how they would respond, but producers have the same problems that artists have that the the mu- that the industry is saturated with producers, so-called producers. So anyone with a laptop says that they're a producer, but they don't actually have the chops and they haven't put in the 10,000 hours and they don't know really what they're doing. So now you have I have talked to many talented producers who don't even want to call themselves a producer anymore because they feel like that term is so <laughs> is meaningless now. Yeah. Um, so they're up against that and they're trying to convince clients to hire them and try to rise above the noise of these amateur producers. Um, and we help them do that. So now, you know, they have on our site, when you get down to that sketch process, it's like a one in four shot of, you know, getting hired by a client through your sketch, you just show what you can do. You don't have to spend time and money marketing yourself um, and like DMing artists on Facebook or Instagram to get new clients. Like you just show, hey, look, I am better than the rest and I am a better fit for you. And here's what I can do. And then what happens 50% of the time that leads to ongoing work too. So you're not just bidding for like one client, you're bidding for an ongoing client like most of the time because the artist has seen that you are a better fit for them above all of these other potential candidates. Yeah. Yeah. It also gives them more freedom because they get to work with, I think way more artists than, you know, if they were just stuck working on with whoever's in their area. Totally. Oh yeah. They get exposure to all of these artists they would have never contacted before, like gotten to meet before for sure. And whether you're in Nashville or whether you're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, like we've had, you know, We've had Nashville producers hired, get more jobs than what's available to them in their area because this is also a saturated, I'm in Nashville and this is also, you know, hard to get, you know, you're up against a lot of competition. And but then also if you're a producer- capitals, you know? Yeah. If you're a producer in um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, then um, you can start working with Nashville artists too. So yeah, it opens up so many doors. That's crazy. This concept is so interesting. It made me wonder, just even about like the label dynamic and like, if I was like, say like Universal or something like that, I would want to like have your project like infused in my like umbrella. 
in a way, you know, because think about how many like in-house or just like people they work with in their system. Like imagine if a label could like work with you guys to do something like that, just like amongst themselves. It would almost, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing. Cause it's, you're, you're almost, it's an A and R almost platform, but it's like self-serving. And I just, I just love that about it. And I, I feel like if, if like, if I was signed to a label, that's the kind of freedom I would want with producers. But I just don't think that people who are signed get that type of freedom at all. Um, so it's almost like this is encouraging to, to stay independent, too. Like, I feel like it's um, almost like an independent promotion, you know, to, to uh, take a chance on yourself because more tools are becoming more readily available. Totally. I love that. And I, I mean, I have thought that this it, it will likely at some point be interesting to either a big label or, you know, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, I could see um, all of all of them being potentially interested in in a marketplace like this for that empowers creatives mm. because it is it is, you know, all of them have been saying, especially when you're talking about the, the um, DSPs like Spotify and Apple and Amazon, I mean, they're all kind of wanting to say that they're for the creators and they are each investing in a range of like creator centric things, but it's, um, but I do think something like this would uh, appeal to them, but, and then, yeah, we definitely kind of work like a label used to work. Like Mm -hmm. I said, like labels used to in the past more so, um, you know, really hands-on develop the artist, then pair the artist with a producer in the studio who, you know, like famous examples, like, um, Max Martin and Amy Winehouse, I think were paired together by the label. They brought, they did the back to black album that brought like broke her career in the States. Like they had this vantage point where they could say, you know, you'd be really good with this person. Um, and now that whole thing doesn't, doesn't exist at least for artists that, you know, who are just starting out. I don't even know how much it exists at, you know, a higher level. I'm not sure, but, but yeah, this, this is kind of like giving that access to the independent now. Like they don't really need um, a label to find a good match. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that, like that knowledge and that experience isn't quite as, you know, widespread or as, um, as needed as it was back in the day. Like there's a lot of like the younger generation that don't have that knowledge to pair, you know, a producer and a certain artist and sounds together because they don't necessarily need that that thing they can just like you said anybody with a phone or a laptop and fruity loops can you know make a beat make a song now and it, it definitely changed things dramatically and i guess like what type of genres do you guys work in does it work with anything or is there like a specific genre more so than others that you think could work for um so we right now we're in um like anything that's more singer songwriting, but that can expand into that can go it towards like R&B even or all pop, but definitely like folk, indie rock, um, and a little bit of country pop. Um, yeah, but everything, I mean, and what you, so one of the things like our song blueprint shows you is almost all of these genres these days, all stem from we we give you this report that shows you also like your what's called your artist family tree and your eras and it all stems from like soul r&b um hip-hop like all of the modern music has that infused in it especially i'm in nashville and the country market right now is totally infused by that so um 
we have these, we, what we don't do right now is work with strict beat makers or electronic music, but pretty much everything in a singer songwriter genre has um, an infusion of, of lots of different types of music. For sure. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question because I mean, I know like in, in the other genres, it's becoming more of a thing, but also in hip hop, it's always kind of been this way, especially when you're growing up, there's always just producers out there that will sell like packs of beats to people or like, you know, there's always these marketplaces where you can just go and try to find a beat that would match your song. And there's just whole people that just make their whole career off of just producing packs and packs of beats and sending them out to people. And yeah, I was just wondering if that would be like another way that you guys would see growing or whatnot, because and obviously in hip hop, it's always beat making and production is such a key thing for artists when they're trying to find something for a song. Yeah, I'm not, that's not, it's never been my area, but I do know that there are places that exist like that already. So I don't know how soon we'd get into that space. Kind of, most of them are pretty janky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. yeah, they're pretty much like, yeah. I'll try not to get a virus while I'm on the website, but I'm just trying to find something. <laughs> oh, wow. They were very like, you know, put slap together places that you can just go and hopefully find something. And to what you said earlier too about, you know, software is so accessible now that we we don't just work with songwriters who come to the table with just like a guitar and the vocal that is a lot of the time and then and that and we're perfect for that type of songwriter but we also work with uh people who do have garage band or um some sort of like like logic or something and they kind of piece they're not uh, you know they they're like oh i don't know what i'm doing but i put together this thing and this this you know so they're doing this pre-production that they don't even realize that they're doing mm-hmm. um and so sometimes they come with a more more fleshed out vision of what they want, but they can't get to the next level by themselves because you can do only so much on your own right now, unless you're like, unless you put in the hours to become a mix engineer and a producer and all of that. So we totally work with um, those artists too. And I, and I love that. And so do producers because it's kind of, again, like they've kind of taken some steps to figure out themselves before, um, before coming to itty ditty before working with producers. Right. So we do both. In terms of um, the producers and uh, the artists working on Itty Diddy, you said there's like a lot of things sort of like preset in there. Is there sort of just like a standard like um, like splits and things like that? Just uh, in terms of that, you know, like once they get their final song, is there like a standard everybody knows before I even selected that this would be like a percentage thing or do they discuss further along the way? You know, I'm just interested in how that goes along with, you know, you guys as sort of a third party initiating this sort of transaction. Yeah, it's all baked into the terms of service. So right now it's a standard contract for any project that comes through the site or any song that comes through the site, um, which is songwriters always own 100% of their their, um, copyright. They own 100% of their master. They own 100% of the stems. They own 100% of the songwriting royalties. Mm. And then they split 10% of the sound recording royalties um, and keep 90%. So and sound recording royalties are generated from like a master. I mean, I'm sure you know, but um, from a master recording. And um, and so like any, it's usually anytime your song's played on Spotify is, is generally where those are generated. Um, but in terms of like, you know, having the decision of where your song gets placed and having all of that say in your song, um, that's all going to always, always end and be with the songwriter. Mm. In the future, I could see that deal as we grow. And that's just to keep it simple to have this like blanket, you know, contract with everyone. I could totally see uh, as we grow 
giving the ability to the songwriter to kind of um, choose different terms. Um, so maybe they wanted to pay less money up front and offer more sound recording royalties, or maybe they are looking for more of a songwriting partner, then they could offer, you know, those things. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And the 10% sound recording royalty, that's a 5% sound recording royalty to your producer. So your producer gets paid cash and then, um, the 5%. And that also helps what that does too, is it helps to reduce the upfront cost. If you're if you're offering your producer a little bit of royalties, then they have like this incentive for you know potential back end revenue, and then you know can you can offer maybe a little less up front. You know it depends on the marketability of your song, and then the five other five percent goes to Itty Ditty, and that's again to the same thing to keep our costs super low uh, for songwriters up front as well since i mean what we do we think and you've mentioned this i mean i think what we do is bring a lot of these like label like services back and available mm -hmm. to everyone and labels used to take a huge percentage of sound recording royalties for for that so we just yeah <laughs> major major percentage yeah <laughs> yep Pretty much everything <laughs> you know yeah. 90%. Yeah. Like, and yeah. 90% and, and the ownership of everything, right? So yeah. Like, they keep yeah. the masters and yeah. Yeah. And the artist never sees the stems. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's amazing. So, I mean, you're just saying a lot of that people who I guess don't know too much about music. Um, basically the artist gets everything like, like the stuff that like, you know, Prince was fighting with his label about owning and stuff like that. Uh, you would walk out with already. So you you would have the control. Um, so that's really dope. I, I like, um, I'm glad that it's like pretty transparent that way. Because uh, that I think is also another big roadblock in the music industry is once, once it comes down to splits, you know, um, whether or not there is a bad relationship that could sour the relationship, right? So. And yeah, you, and like you said just now, like, and then that conversation a lot of times comes at the end. Right. <laughs> that conversation should come at the beginning, you know, but you know, if you, you don't want to really spoil a relationship and kind of bring up contracts, you know, when you're just starting to work with somebody in a creative zone. And so a lot of people don't bring that up. So we just take care of that. It's all built into the site and you don't, you don't have to have that conversation. Like everybody understands these are the terms and now you get down to creating. Mm. Yeah. You're not going to create like this, guaranteed number one you know hit that's gonna blow your whole career and then come to the end of it like yeah we're gonna need you know a hundred percent of this if we're gonna put this out you know <laughs> stuff like that and like that's what happened with me i mean that's i mean i was not you know i don't think i was destined for stardom in any way but so i don't think it was like a big deal but it still happened to me where you know we finished the songs there was some kind of interest and then all of a sudden this person wants their name all over the song all you know half of the songwriting credits songs they didn't write half of the masters like just uh crazy so yeah i'm definitely when i started at edd that was my one of my first things i did i was like i gotta get i gotta get the terms right and looking back like you know i had there were a lot of things i needed to do but for me that was like one of the first things i spent money on um with getting legal and a lawyer and over the years it's been more and more and we keep refining it but um but yeah it's super important to me yeah we just had a conversation with another songwriter who's been doing it for like 20 plus years and that was one of his biggest things is um, like, like we talk about labels and how 
they're negative these days, but there are a lot of services that they offer, particularly like in the legal side of things that you need as an artist that you don't know when you're first starting out and you just think, I just want to create. But being able to have like a contract in place without necessarily needing to hire like a lawyer or something, which is very expensive, is, is a huge plus for people when they first just want to create a song. Yeah, I've heard that like advice given to songwriters. It's like, you know, the best thing you can do is hire a lawyer. It's like, people aren't going to do that. Like, they don't have to spend hard. money on that. They don't have the money and then they don't want to spend the money on, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's always a big expense, but they are like very necessary. So you avoid all these horror stories that you get in, from the music industry. So I think that's like a really cool thing. Like, because like I said, the labels, they, they might not have always been great in certain things, but their services are needed. And I think that a lot of these, people who are turning independent are realizing that, oh, we did need some of like this A and R stuff. I did need some of all this other things. So you guys and you guys and maybe other platforms to come will kind of feel that that space that was needed. And I think that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Like when I think about the structure that the label has used to have in place for artists and still has for some artists, like after they kind of make it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so, to me, it's like amazing, like uh, to have that like level or layer of protection and oversight and just security. But the downside of it was, yeah, they were taking a lot. Yeah. Yeah, That was, you know, the big downside. So, um, yeah, I do. I think that we're like a mix of both. Like we're, you know, letting the artists maintain all the ownership, but giving them all those benefits of what a label used to do. So, I mean, I've seen that you've, you've been nominated to like badass women in music and all these other things so i guess so i guess you guys are doing very well how how's like the response been so far to, to the site um yes i am now officially a badass uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the response is gr- i mean the response is honestly dario it's really good like I, this is my first like startup and you know not all startups are a good idea and i just have <laughs> never felt once since I started, like that, this was not a big need, that this was not kind of the way that this, that our solution can solve all these problems. Like it just feels the reaction has always been every time I talk to an artist or a producer on the phone, it's just always so like, man, this, you know, this could have saved me so much heartache or, you know, oh man, this is my first time doing this. I I wouldn't even know where to start without you. Like Mm -hmm. um, producers, like I told you before, just saying, I don't even call myself a producer anymore because I'm up against like having to battle with all of these amateurs. Like just, I just think it just feels like it's a really, the more I get into it, the bigger the problem seems feels like it is and the better the solution I, and I'm, you know, a little biased. I love itty ditty, but I, I really wouldn't keep, keep it going. It's so hard to do. I mean, I built the platform myself. I'm five years in, this is my life now. And I just, I wouldn't be doing it if it just didn't feel like the feedback is just, you know, wow, this is so needed in the industry. How, um, so this is your first, do you have any like business experience before this, or this is your first like foray into the business world and try and start something up on your own? My, yeah, definitely my first official like startup, but, you know, looking back, I was always an entrepreneur and, um, like, like I said, I was in producer, artist, producer matchmaking prior to this. So in, when I was living in Southern California, after my first few experiences being like, why is this so hard to do, get my songs produced? I went to school for music production, um, just like a trade school, Orange Coast College in Orange County. Uh, for two years. And then I, ha- I started a meetup called Orange County Songwriters. 
um, we were the we grew to be the largest uh, meetup in, in Orange County for songwriters. And I would we would have like these competitions that were kind of like American Idol style. And um, and then we would also like pair producers and songwriters in the studio and walk them through it and show them the equipment and talk about the terms. Um, so and this and then I started an indie label after that. And that was in Los Angeles in Studio City. It was an indie label and cl artist collective. And I had a lot of roles um, from the A&R role and going out and building relationships and scouting talent um, and then also kind of being the legal liaison. And that's when I learned a lot about um, terms and uh, for standard terms for contracts and production, things like that. We also just had a lot of parties. Um, <laughs> we had a, events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> official official company events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my background and, um, and how I got into this, you know, I was always trying to start something and solve these problems, but I just, but I never really made it a, a true business and definitely never, uh, on, on a tech platform or something that would be like globally scalable. So that's definitely different. Yeah. No, I can see your company growing and growing and growing and growing, <laughs> you know, because like, like you said, there's this, I think there's been such an emphasis on the independent artists getting distributed that they forget how to get to the point of needing distribution. And I think that that's, there's that big gap that I feel like Itty Diddy is, is trying to, to fill, which is how do you get your music ready for the next step, which is like that kind of distribution and getting it out there and stuff, you know, cause, cause you gotta have, you have to have a master copy, you know, you can't, you know, unmixed songs sound unmixed. Like, you know, good pe people that listen to music all the time are, are gonna be able to tell, you know, uh, just, just based on even the vocal stems, like, like, oh, they didn't take the, the noise out of the background or so, you know, like all of that little stuff and, um, that's what's so cool is, is, uh, I just, I don't think I've ever seen anybody really emphasize that beginning stage. Um, cause I've seen even just like new types of labels, um, like United masters is a company that distributes. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they sort of do like placement, but you know, it's almost, um, it's almost like you guys would be a perfect marriage, you know, I'd be like, because it's, it's just you know, the focus on the, the independent and, and then, but them needing more resources. Like, I feel like they need to come over to you to, to find, you know, uh, the, the correct people to work with outside of a bubble, because it's really hard to get outside of your bubble, even in any, any creative field, right, you know? like geography is a big part of pretty much anything and you know sometimes it's nice to like if you have an idea get somebody who actually has experience in that sound like if it's more southern or a west coast vibe you find somebody there and and it's like that's what's so cool i'm just like really <laughs> like impressed by the idea and uh i look forward to seeing it continue to grow really that's you know just a comment that reminds me of something what you just said um label when labels used to pair people together there's this one example i used to use when i would talk about it which was the bob marley stared up song they mm -hmm. 
the labels um, brought in, I forget his name now, but uh, like a Southern rock guitarist on that song. And that is what broke Bob in the United States. And, um, and I just think having now, like having that access to different types of people, like outside of your normal bubble, outside of your normal genres, like what magic can happen. And I have talked to so many hip hop producers, like in Atlanta, who are like, I want to work with singer songwriters in Nashville, but I'm never going to get hired. Mm. Like they don't know about me. Um, but having that, this like platform where they can show what they're capable of. And then songwriters might start to think, Oh, I thought I wanted this, but this sounds really cool. I just think like the the level of innovation that might be able to happen through itty ditty and is already happening. That's what's, that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a level of surprise on both sides, right? Like the, the, the vocalist is, is surprised by like maybe what instrumentation, like, oh, they used violin and like, oh, you know, they're, they're using acoustic guitar and like, oh, you know, but like, yeah. and then vice versa, like uh, just seeing what, what, what sparks their interest and, and hearing like, oh, wow, this is a really talented writer. I, I really want to like, you know, help them out or, or, or do see what I can do. So um, it's adding fun to the industry again, right? Like that, that was part of it that that I think was starting to like fade away is the the grind is such a grind, right? And you know, these these moments are important to to be excited about what you're making and stuff. So yeah, it can be totally isolating and um and and just and just hard. So and we are the response to post COVID, I mean, the doors are just opening, like people are just so open to it, like working with people outside of their normal um, place. So and like working with people remotely and online. So I just yeah, I just think it's, it is a time for fun. People are ready now to like put, put music out, be creative, like, just be with people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a, I think I, we are experiencing like, like a shift right now. Like it feels like a shift's happening with Diddy Diddy. And I think that that is, um, you know, this might just be the perfect time. Like people are just ready to put their work out there, but also, yeah, be open to different types of collaborators in different areas. Yeah. Awesome. I have like two more questions. So as an entrepreneur, um, and, you know, finally full on entrepreneur now, like what was the moment when you woke up and you're like, well, this is, this is my life now. And then also like, how many like, oh shit moments have you had, like getting this all started? You know? uh, woke up and this is my life now. I would say kind of recently. I mean, I've been grinding, but I kept my day job for a long time. Um, so I was doing, you know, I was doing this full time and I was running a huge rehab facility full time um, in Colorado. And so that only just ended maybe a year ago and we got a little bit of angel investment a year ago right before the pandemic um and so that's when we you know went full time as a team so there's three of us on the team um and then and yeah so maybe that's when i was like uh, i guess this is my life now and just kind of experiencing there's just a more momentum going on with it right now so it feels like all right this is a real thing like you know this isn't just something like i'm not crazy <laughs> like this seems to be you know happening so um oh shit moments um what do you mean by that well for example we've had (laughs) we've had a lot like you know with our website and everything like a whole database getting erased you know like christmas day (laughs) or something like that you know oh yeah issues that that pop up that you think everything's working great and then all of a sudden it's not and it's like oh shit like how do i fix this you know (laughs) Yeah. I mean, since I've built the whole thing myself, I definitely have those moments and, um, 
I just was redoing a database thing right before I got on the call with you guys today. Um, so uh, I don't know. Oh shit moments, but I'll tell you, I've had like some, I've had hard experiences. I've had really bad experiences where I'm just like crying on the bathroom floor, you know, like that you really wanted this pitch to go well, or you, you know, I really wanted um, this idea, you know, this is, we've had, itty ditty can be so big and we can do so many things and we have to stay focused right now on like this uh, artist producer relationship don't get too too many ads and too many yeah and there's been times where i tried like um to do more than we could do at the time like i thought oh we could um maybe do these competitions and we could sign some talent to like these deals and um like some publishing deals and i was trying to do too much and it wasn't working out you know and then i and then you feel like you're dropping the ball i mean it's like the worst mm -hmm. feeling um, so, uh, that type of stuff and just, yeah, I'm on the front end. I'm pitching the company a lot. So I'm talking to investors. I'm in pitch competitions, doing a lot of public speaking and, you know, sometimes that just doesn't always go the way you see it in your head. And, um, it's just hard, man. It's so hard, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. So it's okay. Really, it's, hard. it's always hard to, you know, start something from the ground up, but I think it's also like the most satisfying thing when it does start to like work and people do start to respond like positively, positively towards it. Yeah. And I think that there's always going to be though, like pockets of, you know, I, I, maybe hopefully one day it's just all, all of this, yeah. you know, but, um, it's so far, it's just pockets of those moments where you really hear things like that you're changing somebody's life and, um, making something better and preventing things from happening to the next generation. And when you hear those things and you see that, that it's doing that, I mean, it does make it worth it, but it's not all the time. So yeah, you got to just live for those moments. Mm -hmm. Guess I have one more question about, um, just generally, uh, like uh, the artists that, um, since you've been going for, you know, several years now, have, have any artists had like, um, I guess success for them as independents, um, you know, with the process, not only creating it, but like, have, have they been able to place the song and it do well and things like that? Like type, I guess, success stories of the collaboration. Yeah, we've definitely had uh, many of the songwriters get placed on playlists, um, like Spotify playlists or YouTube playlists. One of them, uh, Bella Mooser, One Kiss More. I know that song got uh, millions of plays on a YouTube playlist. Um, we've had songwriters, Michelle Roderick is a Colorado songwriter who got like song of the year um, for some, some Colorado, the state of Colorado's like annual competition. Um, so, yeah, and we've had songwriters who have said, oh, I took the, I worked with some music before, took it to playlists. You know, they said it was, you know, I spent money to have it produced and they said it wasn't up to par. And then we worked with them on their songs and they did get playlist placement after that, you know, was, you know, we are making sure like they're getting songs that are quality and that they're not going to spend all that money and be rejected. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Jake Bresnig just is an artist we just worked with. Oh my God, I love his song so much. It's called Your Song. And he uh, just got playlist placement. Um as well so i know that that's i don't know what the play count is at right now but i know it's doing really well so Definitely. yeah yeah well that goes back to those splits right and you know like uh, the residual you know getting the placement is how the the process continues to grow and everything so that's really cool um and you know congratulations to those artists and everybody make sure you check out uh the, the names that emily just dropped and those songs and uh support everybody 
Definitely. Yeah. If you go to Itty Ditty, you can see um, some of those, you know, those artist songs on the homepage uh, as well or on the songwriter transformation pages. There's like links to their Spotify um, songs as well. So you can find them there. Awesome. Yeah. It's all about the artist, of course. I mean, yeah. and like you said, like there's just so much emphasis on like the end, like getting sync, um, you know, get your songs on a playlist, but to get there, you need good, you need your songs done well. Yeah. And um, we are going to prevent you from having to waste time and money with doing that the wrong way and with the wrong people so that you can get there. Um, but yeah, you're going to, you're going to do it in a kind of a surefire way. Oh yeah. Trust me. We get a lot of songs and a lot of music submissions where it's like, Ooh, like there's something there, but you needed a little something extra, you know, like to really catch, you know, people's attention. So yeah. I'm glad to see that you guys are filling that space. I guess one question we always ask before you get out of here is kind of like, you know, living life fearless. Our whole motto is that, you know, as a creative, as an artist, as anything, like you kind of have to, you know, be a fearless type of individual, not necessarily not have fear, but to face those fears and, and to keep pushing. Um, do you agree with that? How do you feel like that's kind of been help motivating you as an entrepreneur and a musician? Mm, yeah, I love it's such a great motto and slogan. And um, for some people, and for me in the beginning, it's easier said than done. I would say that like comb combating fear has been is now a habit for me and when i started this like it gets easier you know like so i love that motto because i think when you do it when you start out doing it like going into a place that's scary and looking where you least want to look like fixing problems that you see and and that make themselves known to you like it's hard, but now five years in, I can say that it's a habit. Like I get up every day and I'm just doing it. Um, so I love, I love that because people just need so little motivation and, you know, the same with songwriters or artists, like they're always scared. Like, what if, you know, nobody likes my song? Like, what if a producer doesn't want to work with me? What if it doesn't turn, what if it's embarrassing? It doesn't turn out the way, like it's so vulnerable to be an artist and put your music out there. But if you just take the first step, like, there are people around that can help you. There are resources for you and it will become a habit, I think, to continue to create. And it's become a habit for me to like continue to grow and build a DDD. So I think, you know, any singers, any musicians, any songwriters out there that, you know, kind of follow us and watch us, Itty Ditty is definitely a platform that you should be checking out for the future. And uh, I think, you know, I think you guys are onto something very special and, I fully expect to see you guys as some huge, you know, some huge business on the next whatever, you know, and I can't wait to, you know, hopefully be, we're fans and we'll be following you guys and hopefully, you know, maybe collaborate on some stuff in the future. Well, you hear, you heard it here first. So thank <laughs> you so much for having us and giving the, us this platform. We really appreciate it. Appreciate Absolutely. Anytime. And uh, to everybody who's joined us uh, until next time and, uh, Keep living life fearless. Yes.